Welcome to Pure Gold, an honest, no-nonsense take on what it means to live daily with sexual integrity, offering practical tips and suggestions on how to strengthen your character, deepen your transparency, and grow in truth through the power of Jesus Christ. Hey everyone, welcome to the Pure Gold Podcast. My name is Frank Honus. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week. I'm really excited to be able to share um, a special message that I uh, preached this uh, recently, actually, at a local church in our area um, on the topic of peace. Um, I was talking about uh, you know peace in our crazy, chaotic time that we live in right now. But I really feel like this this topic. I feel like um, this word peace is one that that we need as as men and women, the individuals uh, walking in recovery right now. I feel like now more than ever, um, you know, peace is just something that is so so critically important for us to to be secure in, to walk in. And so I wanted to share this message with you guys this week on the podcast, and I pray that it's a blessing for you. Um, I'm going to share the entirety of the message. Normally I'd break it up, but I just felt like, you know, it's a good one. If you need to stop and kind of digest and chew on some things, feel free to, but, or if you got to rewind or whatever. Um, but I just, I hope it's a blessing for you guys. And again, um, you know, we're, we're talking about peace. I think I entitled this experiencing peace, uh, experiencing, uh, peace in chaos, what peace feels like and what it, what it is for you. How do we do that? How do we find a place of peace in 2020, right? And certainly in our recovery journeys. Um, yeah, pray that's a blessing for you. Please head over to our website uh, where you can find lots of great resources. It is pflhome.com is our website, pflhome.com. That's Purity for Life. Uh, all kinds of great podcasts there, resources, articles, um, links for you to uh, equip yourself strengthen yourself on your journey. Um, there's uh, some contact forms on there. You can reach out to me or to my wife and I, if you need some extra encouragement and uh, to just tons and tons to go on there. Uh, just, you just got to check it out for yourself. It's all free. It's all available to you at pflhome.com and that's purity for life, purity for life. So thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast. Again, pray that this is a blessing for your life. This is experiencing peace in chaos. <laughs> well, I hope you are doing well. Let's say good morning and bless you in Jesus' name. If you're joining us again online, we want to welcome you. Uh, super, super excited and just honored to be back with you guys. We've been here just a number of times. This is um, not just friends, but family here. And um, we literally, uh, when our son was born, we brought him here the first week. And uh, yeah, that was a fun experience because I, I was trying to show him and display him in all his glory, and he literally almost fell out of his, <laughs> I, had, I was a little bit too far forward, and he just kind of was like, whoa, okay, that would have been bad to start the message with, you know what I mean? So, but um, yeah, so we just, we've had a lot of fun times here and just shared a lot of memories here, and uh, Wayne and Kathy are just, uh, we just love them so much, and we just want to thank them just for having us. Um, you guys are just awesome. You're awesome. And so um, I told my wife I would promise that it wouldn't be any longer this morning than three hours, okay? So I hope that's okay. 
three-hour time limit at the most, all right? We can all hang in there for that, hopefully, but um, actually, no, I really don't speak that long, but um, it, it is good to be here. Um, man, we are, we are just living in an absolute crazy time. I know you've probably heard that a hundred times, but I feel like we just, we can just feel that together, that we're just living in an unprecedented crazy time right now. And, but my prayer for all of us is that um, you're not just surviving the season, but that you're actually thriving, that you and I, that we can thrive in the season. Because as crazy as it is right now, and it's crazy. I mean, I, I know, you know, I'm 37 years old, and I know there's, there's others who are, who are younger here but older here, and it's probably you've never seen something like this before. I've never seen something like this before. Um, but I believe with all my heart that God's still moving in the earth. I believe that. I believe God is still moving and working in this season, and he's, he's working in people's hearts. And, and our world and our culture, it's hard for them to see that, but we're, we're supposed to, we've always been, we're always supposed to be the light and the salt. And so now more than ever, we have to be that salt and light. I'm going to move this cord because I feel like I'm going to like trip on it and hurt myself. So pardon me for a second. Um, but I, I, believe, I believe with all my heart that, um, that, that God is moving and so it sort of leads me this morning as um, I, I want to share with you guys this morning things that I feel like I've just been learning in my life in the last several months, the last five or six months. I believe it's a subject and a topic that, um, that we can all identify with that we need to have more of in our life, and it's this idea of peace. And I just, I want to talk this morning about peace. Nothing super complicated this morning, even though peace sometimes can be really hard to get. It can be really difficult for us to, to have and but, but now more than ever, we need this. Now more than ever, we need to give this away, right? I mean, we can all agree that we need peace more than we ever have in this season of life and what we're walking through between uh, COVID and between the rioting going on and between politics and between election season and between everything that's divisive and everything that, it, it's just, there, I don't believe there's ever been so much hatred in the world. And, and, and the heart of God is breaking, and yet he is just wanting so badly for us to, to, to see creation redeemed and restored. And I believe he's sending us to do that. So this morning, I want to just open up with a sort of a familiar passage, one that is probably more relevant to you than, or I know it's more relevant than we've ever needed in this age that we're living in, but uh, one that's familiar to you, Galatians 5, verse 22. I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. It says, it says this, but the, fruit of the, the, excuse me, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit, peace that subdues. I want you to look at that peace that subdues. And so we're, like I said, we're only going to be really focusing on one of these fruits this morning, and that is the fruit of peace. That's what I want to share with you guys this morning, the fruit of peace. If I could give a title this morning to what we're talking about, it would be this, peace, finding our rest in Jesus. Peace, because that's ultimately where we find our rest is in Jesus. Um, it is absolutely wild, you know, some of the things that we're walking. This, this week even, I just, just want to share, just getting to Sunday was, was a little bit of a challenge for me. 
Um, we, set, we actually went on vacation this past weekend to Williamsburg, Virginia, and uh, we love going there. I love spending time there and uh, with family and stuff, taking the kids there. We've been there many times. And um, man, this past weekend, can I just share with you, was like as soon as we started to leave for vacation, like day one on Friday when we were leaving, it just felt like warfare. It just felt like, it, like as soon as we woke up, I mean, as soon as everybody put their feet on the ground, we were fussing at each other. We were, we were arguing with each other. People were grumpy. We were in bad moods. Um, my wife had a horrible you know, killer headache for like half the day. She was dealing with like this migraine kind of headache thing going on. It was just a really, really rough start. And so we, we finally get there and we're, and, and we're have a, having a great time. We're swimming. We're, kids are loving it. And so Saturday night, we're sitting down to eat dinner, all of us, and we're eating. Dinner was good. Barbecue chicken, macaroni and cheese. Come on, somebody. Cucumbers and onions. Yeah, I mean, we were eating good, okay? And so I was eating, and, and, I, and I was chewing and stuff, and so I, I swallowed a bite, and, I, and all of a sudden I stopped and I said, wait a second, that's not going down the right way. Wait a second, that's not going down at all. And so I got up real quickly and dismissed myself and went to the bathroom and tried to, like, you know, you know tried to, like, burp and clear my throat and stuff, and I was able to kind of clear everything. And, uh, you know, just, and that's just how, and, but all of a sudden, I, I felt like there was something lodged in my, in my chest, like lodged right here in my esophagus area, and, and I couldn't even swallow water. I couldn't even get water down. Water would just come right back up. And so this went on that entire night and over the next morning, and I, the next morning, I said, honey, I think there's something going on. Something's wrong. Like, something doesn't feel right, you know? And so we left early, and we went back, and my wife pulls up to, the, to Nanticoke, drops me off, because that's what you have to do now, you know what I mean? You know, just kind of, hey, I'll see you later. Maybe I'll see you in 12 hours, you know, or whatever. So she drops me off and um, spent the night in the emergency room. And, um, you know, they, they uh, you know, gave me some medicine that just, I think, happened to work, and, and things started to flow again. But you know, crazy stuff, like just getting to this weekend talking about peace was quite an unpeaceful process and just a struggle, you know what I mean? Just a struggle. And so we, we've all been there, and we all have those, those stories. We all have those, those crazy, crazy times, and we're living in that crazy, crazy season. You know, like I said, the level of hatred, the fear, the anxiety that, we've, that we're seeing right now, it's never been so high. Um, so today, what I just want to share it's just some passages with you guys um, and some thoughts that, that I think really teach us about having peace in our life. Um, you know, just things that, are, like I said, have really spoken to me over the last several months. And um, I didn't give anybody notes back there, but um, hopefully you can follow along with me. Uh, so let's read this, Philippians chapter 4. This is kind of be like where we set our, kind of like this sets the sails right here. This is where we're going to start with Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Because I really feel like this verse is, for me, the pathway to peace. If there were like a path, a way to get to peace, it's right here. This is where it starts. Chapter 4, verse 8 says, So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all. Everybody say all. All. I heard somebody say all is all, and that's all that all is. Right? All is everything. Okay? So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and here it is. It's like a bow. He wraps his present up right here. He says, so keep your thoughts continually fixed. And at the end, he says, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. I love that the very beginning and the very end of this have these similar phrasings. 
And it's, and it's here in the Passion Translation that it phrases it, fixed and then fastened. It's like, here's a gift that Paul is writing and giving to us from God. Now fix your thoughts on him and fasten your thoughts on him. It's almost like this. I feel like in this verse here, you know, when we're driving, I had to do this really, like this morning, it was, it was just nasty driving here. But, but when you're driving, you know, your hands hopefully are on the wheel. <laughs> hopefully you're not like this, you know what I mean? I've driven by some people where it's like, you know, you're driving, you're like seeing them like this. But, you know, your, your, your eyes are fixed where when you're driving? They're fixed on the road, hopefully, right? They're fixed on your destination, right? Our eyes have to be fixed on the road and the destination. And where else? We need our eyes fixed on our dashboard, because if you're low on gas, if you need an oil change, if there's something wrong with your engine, your dashboard will let you know, right? So it's important that we keep our eyes fixed on those things, right? And that's what this verse is doing. It's telling us where to keep our sight and our vision fixed. Fixed on who? Fixed on Jesus. Because all of these things right here, if you read this verse with me, all of these words, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but they describe Jesus, don't they? They describe the Father, and so we have to keep our eyes uh, quite, quite literally on the dashboard of our lives during the season. And I just want to encourage you right now that if you don't have a verse that you grab this passage right here, if you struggle with peace, if you struggle with your thoughts, with just fixing your thoughts on what is, what is good and holy, and, what, and just if you struggle with neg- negative thoughts, if you struggle with, wait, wait a second, hold on, let me just rewind that. When you struggle with thoughts that are negative and when you struggle with thoughts that are fearful and when you struggle with angry thoughts, you know what I mean? Because we all do. This is the passage right here to go to. And so the same is true with our thoughts in our mind, that we have to learn to think on the kind of thoughts that this passage actually tells us. And I love this word all. Look at the word all here. When I was thinking about this passage, right, there's really no room when Paul is writing this. I mean, read it with me. There's no room for any other thought. There's no room for any other, there's no space for any other thing to come in into our mind. And I love that. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all, every thought. Now, we're not perfect. We're going to let, things are going to sneak in. We're going to get frustrated. You may even get frustrated on the way home, right? Uh, You know, I was frustrated on the way here by some things. My wife could tell you. Um, Just little things. But we have to keep our things, we have to keep our thoughts fixed on uh, the one who is good and, and fixed on Jesus. And I love what um, one of the pastors I really uh, look up to that I, I, I follow and, and we listen to a lot, Pastor Bill Johnson from Bethel Church, uh, Leeds Bethel Church, says this, that I never want to have a thought in my mind about myself that he doesn't have in his mind. I never want to have a thought in my mind about myself that he doesn't, doesn't have in his mind. So if I, if I could literally boil this verse down, it would probably be this. If I had to like the Frank paraphrase, the Honus paraphrase, is that me, by the way? I don't know that noise. Sorry, if I'm like, okay, I'll be still. Be real still. Okay, I promise. I won't walk around so much. Okay, peace be still. Man, what is that? Is that like, okay. All right, if you have to turn me up. Should I pull this up a little bit? Uh, okay, I'll pull this out a little bit. Maybe that'll help. Does that help? Okay. I love getting the behind-the-scenes looks here. Okay. All right. Maybe that helped. If I literally had to boil this verse down, though, if we just backed that up, just one, one, one slide there, it would be this. Fix my thoughts on Jesus. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. No matter what you're walking through right now, or no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what is going through your mind, 
fix it on him. He is, he, he is our peace. Jesus is our peace. Um, so let's look, at, let's look at another verse here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 says this. We can demolish, I love this. This is like a life verse for me. We can demolish every, there's that word again, right? Every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. Here it is right here. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. This is some serious language right here, isn't it? This is like, this is military language that Paul is writing with here. And this is dealing with our thoughts because this is how we have to deal with our thinking. Some people think, oh, they're just my thoughts. They're just there. They go in, they go out. I don't really have to worry about it. But we really have to deal with our thoughts in the way Paul writes here to take our thoughts captive, every thought, right? Capture them like prisoners of war, right? And, and, they, and they have to bow to the anointed one. Um, it's amazing that, and this phrase right here, taking our thoughts captive like prisoners of war, this is any thought, I want you to hear that, any thought that attempts to defy God's authority. God is omnipotent. He's omnificient. He is all-powerful. And our thoughts should never defy, attempt to defy. We should never allow our thoughts to attempt to defy his authority because they can't, right? And so we've got to capture our thoughts. If you guys notice in this verse, this word every, it's written three times. It's written three times in this verse because we can't afford to let our thoughts roam free and, and unchecked. And so I love this. Uh, I heard this, this this past week. I wrote this note down. Too often what we do is we give our thoughts a platform to stand on instead of a king to bow to. Too often we give our thoughts a platform to stand on instead of a king to bow to. It's really not easy. It's not easy. I understand. It's not easy. It's not, it's not, um, you know, it's not easy to, to take your thoughts captive and, and to, to give them to Jesus. But it's really what Paul writes here. It's the standard that God sets for us. It's the goal that we should, we should strive for. And so we, me, you... We, we alone determine what thoughts are allowed to stay and which ones have to leave. You guys noticing a little bit of a pattern here between some of these, these passages that our peace oftentimes is connected to our thinking. Our peace can, is, is connected to our thinking and our thoughts and our mindset. Let's look at like Colossians. We're jumping all over here, I know, this morning, so hang with me. Colossians chapter 2, or excuse me, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2. Let's look at this. It says, yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, not with the distractions of the natural realm. We're called to fill our thoughts with the things that are eternal in life. Man, that's tough. That's tough to do from day to day, right? To fill our thoughts with what's eternal and not the things here on earth. It's not to say that, that, that we shouldn't care about the things here on earth. We are because we're human. We're, we're, we're going to care and we should care right? We should care about our family and our friends, and we should care about our jobs, and we should care about the, the things the Lord's given us, right? But we shouldn't obsess over those things. We should allow our minds to be fixed on what's eternal, what will never, ever end, right? What consumes your mind, I really want you just all to hear this and let this sit, what consumes our mind controls our lives. What consumes your mind will control your life. And I found that for years upon years, you know, in the midst of an, a 13-year addiction, when I was uh, addicted, uh, in, in the throes of my addiction to um, a sexual addiction, a pornography addiction, 
from the age of 13 to 26 and just struggled and struggled. I've shared my story here before, but my mind was so corrupt. It was so like, it was just so filled with, with just the things that weren't true. Lies. And so what consumes your mind actually directs your life. So we have to be aware of our thoughts, right? We have to, be, we have to keep our thoughts in check. And you shouldn't be like a policeman. I'm not saying like go out and like police your thoughts, right? But just be aware of what's in your mind. Continually submit that to Jesus. God, what's going on in my thinking today? What am I, th- really, sometimes, do you ever like look in the mirror and just say, what in the world am I thinking? You know, what was that? Or like going through a situation, you went through something. What was I thinking, right? And sometimes people answer you back like, well, apparently you weren't thinking. You know what I mean? That's, that's obvious. You weren't thinking. And so, but, but really, check yourself. What am I thinking? It's, it's, it's just a real daily simple thing to do. So what consumes your mind controls your life. I feel like in the last um, five or six months, it's so easy. I mean, think about everything that's been going on. It's been so easy to allow our thoughts to be uh, fixed on things that just don't matter, that just really ultimately don't matter. But, but God is calling us to think on the things that are eternal. And so I've often had to remind myself that um, in, in, in this last you know, five or six months that this world that we live in, it's not our home. It's not our home. And there's millions and millions of people out there in our world. It's, it's ultimately, it's not their home either. I really believe that. I believe that, that God is wanting to redeem our world, and he's wanting to redeem people who are lost, who are literally, their soul is dying. And I believe he's looking down saying, this is not your home. I want to be with you. I want you to be with me. And we are the ones that are called to do that, right? But I've had to remind myself that like, God, this is not my home, you know, and my wife has helped me to, to see too that like our bodies, our bodies are temporal, you know what I mean? They're not meant to last forever, <laughs> you know? So whether it's COVID or whether, it, you know, it's just old age, right? Or wh- whatever it is that, that takes you from this world to be with Jesus one day, you know what I mean? That's the natural order and process, you know? But this world is not our home. So let's keep our minds, let's keep our thoughts fixed on the things that are eternal, I love this next verse. One of my favorites too, another one. Isaiah, is this okay we just go to like passage and we go to these different passages? Because these just really have been speaking to me in the last few months. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse three. Perfect, absolute peace surrounds, which also means watches over, right? So you could, see, you could picture that too. Perfect, absolute peace watches over those whose imaginations are consumed with you because they confidently trust in you. And so I felt like this verse was so good that I wanted to read it in another version. I wanted to read it in the amplified version because obviously amplified is like extra loud, right? So sorry, that was a bad joke. Um, So let me read this in the amplified version because it actually is really, really great. It says, you will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character. Because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. Our minds are filled with peace because our hope and our trust is fixed on him. So what is our imagination? Our imagination is not just something that we experience when we're five and six and seven and ten and twelve, you know what I mean? And like, you know, the, when we're young, my, my son's age, you know, has an incredible imagination. My son will watch a movie 
and then he'll go and grab his paper and he'll start drawing. You know, he'll just start drawing things. I was just telling my wife yesterday, he was watching, I don't know what he was watching, but he went to go grab his, grab some paper. He's like, I'm going to draw a beach, daddy. Here's the sand and here's the water. I'm just like, all these, you know, just thoughts firing off. Imagination. You have an imagination too. I have an imagination too. And our imagination is literally our thoughts, right? Our imagination, our thoughts is what forms our reality. That's really what it is. Imagination is what forms your reality. The things you think, again, we're going back, the things you dwell on, the things you think is what forms your life and what forms your reality. And so many, I find, I found myself before, but I found so many Christians, and I still do this. I'm still, really still working on this a lot. Um, not the ones in this room, obviously. None, none of you guys deal with this. But um, what we've done is we've rejected the God-created imagination that he's, he wants us to have, and we embrace what the Bible calls vain imaginations. Maybe you've heard that phrase in the Bible before, but vain imaginations. The word vain actually means this, to have an excessively high opinion of oneself. To have an excessively high opinion. So when we form vain imaginations, we're doing what? We're focusing and we're looking at ourselves. And I don't know about you, but like when I, I'm a really bad like judge of myself, right? An assessment of myself. But the only person who makes me great is him. It's not me. Okay. So my strength in myself is nothing. There's really nothing impressive about me on my own. It's really ultimately on Jesus. And so we can't afford to have vain imaginations in our lives. Our imagination needs to be the God-created imagination that he wants us to have, right? Back to Philippians 4.8. What are the thoughts that we need to be ha- having, right? The ones that are pure and holy and admirable and praiseworthy, right? God wants your thoughts to be fixed on him. And when we fix our thoughts, when we wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, and this might be a real simple prayer for you. I've been praying this the last few days. I wake up in the morning and I say, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I know that might just seem really boring maybe or just simple, but it's just a real powerful point for me. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I give my thoughts, I give my heart to you, right? It's, I know it's difficult to do. I know we all have different careers and jobs and families and, pl- and influences, things like that, but I just want to encourage you guys that you start feeling it going down the wrong way call it back. Jesus, you're good. I thank you for my, I thank you for my family. I thank you for the, the eternal life that I have. I thank you for all you've given me. I thank you for my health. I thank you, Lord, for your blessings in my life, for my, for my career, for, you know, the finances I have. There's always something to give him thanks for. There's always something that we can give him thanks for. And when we, when we cease to be thankful, then we cease to have peace. That's really where it is. If we can't be thankful, and I've just learned this in some hard ways over the last several years and some easier ways. But if we can't be thankful, then we can't have peace. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And this is the New Living Translation. It says this, And let the peace that comes from Christ, I love this word, rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. You see that emphasis there? And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And here's the, I love, here's the tagline. And always be what? Thankful. Paul didn't forget to write that. Thankful. 
right? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. When someone or something rules, everything else has to bow to it, right? If something rules, someone rules, then there's someone bowing. There's someone submitting. The Greek here literally means, let peace be the umpire of your minds. Isn't that cool? Let peace be the umpire of your minds, right? For, for you baseball fans, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I at least know what an umpire does, okay? But we know what umpires do. Umpires do what? They arbitrate, right? They are the deciding factor. They're kind of the judge, right? Yeah, we blame them and throw things at them when they get it wrong, but, but that's, we're not talking about baseball. We're talking about peace here, right? Peace is an arbitrator. It's just like an umpire. Peace should be what settles the argument in your mind. When there's arguments, when there's things that don't make sense, let peace settle the argument. Let peace come in, and I'm telling you, it only takes an invitation, is what it does. God, I need your peace right now. <laughs> I need your peace right now. And so peace settles the argument. Look at that next phrase. We are called to live in peace. So let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And then here's the emphasis. We are called as one body to live in peace. You see, peace isn't just meant to be experienced on vacation, right? It isn't just meant to be experienced when, like, the kids are in bed, okay? <laughs> or, or when you, like, are eating your favorite dessert, you know what I mean? Or whatever, whatever you find peaceful, something you find really great. That's not just, like, the only moments when peace are meant to be experienced. It's meant to be experienced in every single moment, right? We are meant to live in peace. And, and obviously, the reality is, is that we're going to be moments where we don't. But God is calling us. He's saying, no, I don't want you to waste one more moment living in fear, living in anxiety, hello, living in anger, living in bitterness, living in the, the regrets of your past, the things that happened a long time ago that I've already settled and forgiven. God is not, he's not, he's not calling us to live those lives. He wants us to live lives of peace, men and women who stand up in peace, who stand, because if you're a person of peace, you're a person of authority. And not, not, to be, not for you to gloat over anyone. When I say authority, I don't mean that you gloat or you, you set yourself above people. I mean that you have authority as a son and a daughter of Jesus. We have authority. God has given us that authority and that power, right, to stand upon darkness. I believe that. I believe that. And now more than ever, we need that. We're called to live in peace. And that's meant to be experienced in every moment. And then the last phrase here, we said it, right? Always be thankful, right? Thankfulness. It's not just a, it's not just a popular holiday that's surrounded by a big turkey, right? It's not just, you're not, we're not supposed to be thankful just on one day of the year. We're supposed to be thankful every single day. And we said this, but there's a connection here, isn't there, between thankfulness and peace, that you can't have one without the other. So if you want some peace in your life, and I don't know about you, but there's just nothing that satisfies more than the peace that Jesus brings, the joy that Jesus brings. I had someone speak over me this week and, and tell me, they said, my prayer for you this week, Frank, is that joy would be your weapon, that you would literally walk in joy, that you would walk in peace, because that's more satisfying than any other thing in this world. And so I'm getting ready to pray here. But I want to just say this, one more thing just to throw on to, we're talking about peace, is um, th this is something this week I was reminded of, but one of the keys to having peace in life is also embracing beauty. Um, and so what that, for me, what that sort of means is just stopping 
Uh, and I know we're in summer right now, so it's like stinking hot outside every day practically. I mean, this week has been kind of nice, but it, you know, when it's raining every day, it's a little challenge to do that. But man, we've got fall coming, right? We've got spring coming. We've got, I know some people don't like snow, so I won't say that four-letter bad word. Um, but, 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 sn- but, but for those who like snow, amen, right on the front here, right on, right on. I do too, okay? Snow is beautiful, Snow is beautiful. Have you ever just stopped to look at a snow, a snow, and I know they're really small, but the snowflake itself, how different every single snowflake is from each other. The, 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 the glistening and the sparkling of snow when, when, when sun shines on it, right? Have you ever just stopped when you're driving in your car to look at these massive things called trees? Do you know there's things called trees we still have in this world that you can actually stop and look at when you're driving and how beautiful and God made them, Right? Or, or, or whatever beauty is to you, but embracing beauty, right? Whether that's just sitting outside for 20 minutes at the end of your night or in the morning and just breathing in the oxygen that he's given you, okay? Embracing beauty in your life, right? And I don't know what that looks, you have to determine what beauty looks like to you and, and what that means, but you know how, how peaceful that is for the soul. A key to peace is, is really embracing beauty. So if you don't you know, if you feel like you're just struggling with finding beautiful things or just, just, just seeing beauty in your life, okay, I just really want you to, to, to do that this week and find some, some spots that you can embrace beautiful things, that you can embrace beauty in your life. You know, and I don't know about you, but some of those peaceful, not to be, um, you know, stereotypical or just, just, but at the end of my day, some people, they wake up super, super early in the morning and spend time with Jesus. God bless you people. <laughs> and I, that is awesome. Can you please give that spiritual gift to me? I would love that ability, okay? But some of my most peaceful moments, bracing beauty, is man, right at the end of the night, being able to go to bed with God's word in my heart, right? The promises of God in my heart, I don't know about anybody else in here. Is anybody else here in here a writer or likes to write or journal? I love to write. I love to journal. That feels so good to me. It's embracing beauty. So you, you just have to find the things that are beautiful to you. You know, wintertime when it comes, build a snowman, right? Play in the snow. Do snow angels. You know, whatever is beautiful to you, find some beauty this week. Because I believe that peace, the key to that is embracing uh, beauty in your life. So would you, would you just stand with me if you're able to stand? I would love to... Um, I want to pray over us because I just, I feel like this is a, um, I feel like God is calling us to a renewed sense of peace in our lives. And um, I took a little bit of a sneak peek. I think who, whoever shared last week, their message was on the, some of the same lines, which I think was kind of cool uh, to follow up after him. But um, man, I, I want right now for God to just bring peace into our hearts. So if you just close your eyes with me, I'm going to pray this over you and over all of us in this season right now. Father, here we are as your sons and daughters. Lord, here we are gathered together because we are the church. We are brothers and sisters. Father, right now, as we are, many of us are spinning we're going crazy. There's many people in our world today. There's many Christians in our world today. We're wondering, we're asking questions about how long this whole thing is going to go on, the season that we're walking through, this unrest, this fear, this anxiety, this COVID-19 virus. 
the protests and the rioting and the political unrest, the hatred. God, I, I even have questions in my heart. God, what's going on right now? What is going on? But God, I believe that you're still moving and you're, you're still working in the earth, God. And so I just want to pray right now, Father, in Jesus' name. I want to first pray over those who are in this room. God, I ask right now that you would allow your peace to pour out, Lord, to literally like a waterfall, God, that you would pour out into souls right now. I believe what God is wanting to do right now is to instill a brand new level of hope and trust in you and peace in you for what you might be walking through right now. And I have no idea what that is. And I'm not here to call it out or name it, but God knows it. You know it. And I believe God's wanting to just breathe and speak and pour out and gush out peace in your heart and peace in your life right now. And so even if, if, if you feel comfortable with this right now, would you just put your hands out in front of you, just kind of like you're just receiving or you're surrendering right now? I believe God just wants to take the next few seconds, and we can do this in the midst of quiet. It's okay. We need more quiet and silence in our lives anyway. But just extend your hands if you're able to, if you feel led to, and just receive the peace of God in your hearts and your minds. And I just want you right now to begin to align your thoughts right now with Jesus. Remember what it says, Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, that perfect absolute peace surrounds and watches over those whose imaginations are consumed by you because they trust confidently in you. So let's begin right now just to align our thoughts, center our thoughts back on Jesus and as we leave this place this morning, Father, for those, I pray those in this room, those who are watching online, those who will watch this later, God, I pray right now you literally, God, would align, realign their thinking. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring healing, God, to thoughts that are unhealthy, healing to thoughts that are not from you, God. That if there are those right now in this room, those watching that are struggling with their thinking, they're struggling with what to do, maybe they're struggling with some kind of um, you know, mental battle or, or mental disorder or mental, you know, uh, struggle or, or, or fantasy or lust or whatever it might be, God, that they would just surrender that to you, that they would find some really safe, healthy brothers and sisters in Christ to share that with, and they would begin that journey of healing right now, God. So God, help us right now in this place, in this moment, come and heal our hearts, God. Come and heal our thinking today, Jesus, and our thoughts. And give us the greatest gift that we could ever receive. Your son, Jesus. Eternal life, God. If there are those right now, if, if, if you're in this place right now and you're not sure about that, you're not sure where your heart and your soul is, where it's settled, and you need Jesus in your life, I pray that right now you would embrace the Father, that you would invite him in your heart, that you would acknowledge and recognize his death on the cross, his sacrifice for you, and that you actually can spend eternity with him one day. And all it is is saying this, Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I acknowledge and realize and see the fact that you died 2,000 years ago. You gave, Father, you gave your very best. You gave your very best. You didn't withhold anything from us. I invite you into my heart right now, Father. It's as easy as that. 
and then the journey begins. <laughs> so Jesus, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for every single son and daughter here, every smile, like I heard it said earlier. Every, I could see every smile through every mask, God, and I just thank you that you've given us that vision. <laughs> you've given us that vision that we can see the joy that permeates even through a mask because it, it starts in the soul because that's where it starts. So, Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I feel like in the last um, five or six months, it's so easy. I mean, think about everything that's been going on. It's been so easy to allow our thoughts to be uh, fixed on things that just don't matter, that just really ultimately don't matter. But, but God is calling us to think on the things that are eternal. And so I've often had to remind myself that um, in, in, in this last you know, five or six months that this world that we live in, it's not our home. It's not our home. And there's millions and millions of people out there in our world. It's, it's ultimately, it's not their home either. I really believe that. I believe that, that God is wanting to redeem our world, and he's wanting to redeem people who are lost, who are literally, their soul is dying. And I believe he's looking down saying, this is not your home. I want to be with you. I want you to be with me. And we are the ones that are called to do that, right? But I've had to remind myself that like, God, this is not my home, you know, and my wife has helped me to, to see too that like our bodies, our bodies are temporal, you know what I mean? They're not meant to last forever, you know? So whether it's COVID or whether, you know, it's just old age, right? Or wh whatever it is that, that takes you from this world to be with Jesus one day, you know what I mean? That's the natural order and process, you know? But this world is not our home. So let's keep our minds, let's keep our thoughts fixed on the things that are eternal, I love this next verse. One of my favorites, too. Another one. Isaiah, is this okay we just go to, like, passage and we go to these different passages? Because these have just really have been speaking to me in the last few months. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Perfect, absolute peace surrounds, which also means watches over, right? So you could, see, you could picture that, too. Perfect, absolute peace watches over those whose imaginations are consumed with you because they confidently trust in you. And so I felt like this verse was so good that I wanted to read it in another version. I wanted to read it in the Amplified version because obviously Amplified is like extra loud, right? So sorry, that was a bad joke. Um, so let me read this in the Amplified version because it actually is really, really great. It says, you will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character. Because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. Our minds are filled with peace because our hope and our trust is fixed on him. So what is our imagination? Our imagination is not just something that we experience when we're 5 and 6 and 7 and 10 and 12, you know what I mean? And like, you know, the, when we're young, my, my son's age, you know, has an incredible imagination. My son will watch a movie and then he'll go and grab his paper and he'll start drawing. You know, he'll just start drawing things. I was just telling my wife yesterday, he was watching, I don't know what he was watching, but he went to go grab, his, grab some paper. He's like, I'm going to draw a beach, Daddy. Here's the sand and here's the water. I'm just like, all these, you know, just thoughts firing off. Imagination. You have an imagination too. I have an imagination too. And our imagination is literally our thoughts. 
right? Our imagination, our thoughts is what forms our reality. That's really what it is. Imagination is what forms your reality. The things you think, again, we're going back, the things you dwell on, the things you think is what forms your life and what forms your reality. And so many, I find, I found myself before, but I found so many Christians, and I still do this. I'm still, really still working on this a lot. Um, Not the ones in this room, obviously. None none of you guys deal with this. But um, what we've done is we've rejected the God-created imagination that he wants us to have, and we embrace what the Bible calls vain imaginations. Maybe you've heard that phrase in the Bible before, but vain imaginations. The word vain actually means this, to have an excessively high opinion of oneself to have an excessively high opinion. So when we form vain imaginations, we're doing what? We're focusing, we're looking at ourselves. And I don't know about you, but like when, I'm a really bad like judge of myself, right? An assessment of myself, but the only person who makes me great is him. It's not me, okay? So my strength in myself is nothing. There's really nothing impressive about me on my own. It's really ultimately on Jesus. And so We can't afford to have vain imaginations in our lives. Our imagination needs to be the God-created imagination that he wants us to have, right? Back to Philippians 4.8. What are the thoughts that we need to be having, right? The ones that are pure and holy and admirable and praiseworthy, right? God wants your thoughts to be fixed on him. And when we fix our thoughts, when we wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, and this might be a real simple prayer for you. I've been praying this the last few days. I wake up in the morning, I say, Jesus... I give everyone and everything to you. I know that might just seem really boring maybe or just simple, but it's just a real powerful point for me. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I give my thoughts, I give my heart to you, right? It's, I know it's difficult to do. I know we all have different careers and jobs and families and, pl- and influences, things like that, but I just want to encourage you guys that you start feeling it going down the wrong way call it back. Jesus, you're good. I thank you for my, I thank you for my family. I thank you for the, the eternal life that I have. I thank you for all you've given me. I thank you for my health. I thank you, Lord, for your blessings in my life, for my, for my career, for you know, the finances I have. There's always something to give him thanks for. There's always something that we can give him thanks for. And when we, when we cease to be thankful, then we cease to have peace. That's really where it is. If we can't be thankful and I've just learned this in some hard ways over the last several years and some easier ways, but if we can't be thankful, then we can't have peace. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. This is the New Living Translation. It says this, And let the peace that comes from Christ, I love this word, rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. You see that emphasis there? And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And here's, that, here's the tagline. And always be what? Thankful. Paul didn't forget to write that. Thankful. Right? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. When someone or something rules, everything else has to bow to it. Right? If something rules, someone rules, then there's someone bowing. There's someone submitting. The Greek here literally means, let peace be the umpire of your minds. Isn't that cool? Let peace be the umpire of your minds, right? 
for, for you baseball fans, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I at least know what an umpire does, okay? But we know what umpires do. Umpires do what? They arbitrate, right? They are the deciding factor. They're kind of the judge, right? Yeah, we blame them and throw things at them when they get it wrong, but, but that's, we're not talking about baseball. We're talking about peace here, right? Peace is an arbitrator. It's just like an umpire. Peace should be what settles the argument in your mind. When there's arguments, when there's things that don't make sense, let peace settle the argument. Let peace come in, and I'm telling you, it only takes an invitation is what it does. God, I need your peace right now. (laughs) I need your peace right now. And so peace settles the argument. Look at that next phrase. We are called to live in peace. So let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And then here's the emphasis. We are called as one body to live in peace. You see, peace isn't just meant to be experienced on vacation, right? It isn't just meant to be experienced when, like, the kids are in bed, okay? <laughs> or, or when you, like, are eating your favorite dessert, you know what I mean? Or whatever, whatever you find peaceful, something you find really great. That's not just, like, the only moments when peace are meant to be experienced. It's meant to be experienced in every single moment, right? We are meant to live in peace. And, and obviously, the reality is, is that we're going to be moments where we don't. But God is calling us. He's saying, now, I don't want you to waste one more moment living in fear, living in anxiety, hello, living in anger, living in bitterness, living in the, the regrets of your past, the things that happened a long time ago that I've already settled and forgiven. God is not, he's not, he's not calling us to live those lives. He wants us to live lives of peace, men and women who stand up in peace, who stand because if you're a person of peace, you're a person of authority. And not, not, to be, not for you to gloat over anyone. When I say authority, I don't mean that you gloat or you, you set yourself above people. I mean that you have authority as a son and a daughter of Jesus. We have authority. God has given us that authority and that power, right, to stand upon darkness. I believe that. I believe that. And now more than ever, we need that. We're called to live in peace. And that's meant to be experienced in every moment. And then the last phrase here, we said it, right? Always be thankful, right? Thankfulness. It's not just a, it's not just a popular holiday that's surrounded by a big turkey, right? It's not just, you're not, we're not supposed to be thankful just on one day of the year. We're supposed to be thankful every single day. And we've said this, but there's a connection here, isn't there, between thankfulness and peace, that you can't have one without the other. So if you want some peace in your life, and I don't know about you, but there's just nothing that satisfies more than the peace that Jesus brings, the joy that Jesus brings. I had someone speak over me this week and and tell me, they said, my prayer for you this week, Frank, is that joy would be your weapon, that you would literally walk in joy, that you would walk in peace, because that's more satisfying than any other thing in this world. And so I'm getting ready to pray here. But I want to just say this, one more thing just to throw on to, we're talking about peace, is um, this is something this week I was reminded of, but one of the keys to having peace in life is also embracing beauty. Um, and so what that, for me, what that sort of means is just stopping, uh, and I know we're in summer right now, so it's like stinking hot outside every day practically. I mean, this week has been kind of nice, but it, you know, it's raining every day, it's been a little challenge to do that, but man, we've got fall coming right? We've got spring coming. We've got, I know some people don't like snow, so I won't say that four-letter bad word. Um, but, 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 snow, but, but for those who like snow, amen, right on the front here, right on, right on. I do too. 
Okay? Snow is beautiful. Snow is beautiful. Have you ever just stopped to look at a snow, a snow, and I know they're really small, but the snowflake itself, how different every single snowflake is from each other. The, 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 the glistening and the sparkling of snow when, when, when sun shines on it, right? Have you ever just stopped when you're driving in your car to look at these massive things called trees? Do you know there's things called trees we still have in this world that you can actually stop and look at when you're driving and how beautiful God made them, right? Or, or, or whatever beauty is to you, but embracing beauty, right? Whether that's just sitting outside for 20 minutes at the end of your night or in the morning and just breathing in the oxygen that he's given you, okay? Embracing beauty in your life, right? And I don't know what that looks You have to determine what beauty looks like to you and, and what that means, but you know how, how peaceful that is for the soul. A key to peace is, is really embracing beauty. So if you don't you know, if you feel like you're just struggling with finding beautiful things or just, just, just seeing beauty in your life, okay, I just really want you to, to, to do that this week and find some, some spots that you can embrace beautiful things, that you can embrace beauty in your life. You know, and I don't know about you, but some of those peaceful, not to be, um, you know, stereotypical or just, just, but at the end of my day, some people, they wake up super, super early in the morning and spend time with Jesus. God bless you people. <laughs> and I, that is awesome. Can you please give that spiritual gift to me? I would love that ability, okay? But some of my most peaceful moments, embracing beauty, is man, right at the end of the night, being able to go to bed with God's word in my heart, right? The promises of God in my heart. I don't know about anybody else in here. Is anybody else in here a writer or likes to write or journal? I love to write. I love to journal. It feels so good to me. It's embracing beauty. So you, you just have to find the things that are beautiful to you. You know, wintertime when it comes, build a snowman, right? Play in the snow. Do snow angels. You know, whatever is beautiful to you, find some beauty this week. Because I believe that peace, the key to that is embracing uh, beauty in your life. So would you, would you just stand with me if you're able to stand? I would love to... Um, I want to pray over us because I just, I feel like this is a, um, I feel like God is calling us to a renewed sense of peace in our lives. And um, I took a little bit of a sneak peek. I think whoever shared last week, their message was on some of the same lines, which I think was kind of cool uh, to follow up after him. But um, man, I I want right now for God to just bring peace into our hearts. So if you just close your eyes with me, I want to pray this over you and over all of us in this season right now. Father, here we are as your sons and daughters. Lord, here we are gathered together because we are the church. We are brothers and sisters. Father, right now, as we are, many of us are spinning We're going crazy. There's many people in our world today. There's many Christians in our world today. We're wondering, we're asking questions about how long this whole thing is going to go on, the season that we're walking through, this unrest, this fear, this anxiety, this COVID-19 virus, the protests and the rioting and the political unrest, the hatred. God, I, I even have questions in my heart. God, what's going on right now? What is going on? But God, I believe that you're still moving and you're, you're still working in the earth, God. And so I just want to pray right now, Father, in Jesus' name. I want to first pray over those who are in this room. 
God, I ask right now that you would allow your peace to pour out, Lord, to literally like a waterfall, God, that you would pour out into souls right now. I believe what God is wanting to do right now is to instill a brand new level of hope and trust in you and peace in you for what you might be walking through right now. And I have no idea what that is. And I'm not here to call it out or name it, but God knows it. You know it. And I believe God's wanting to just breathe and speak and pour out and gush out peace in your heart and peace in your life right now. And so even if, if, if you feel comfortable with this right now, would you just put your hands out in front of you, just kind of like you're just receiving or you're surrendering right now? I believe God just wants to take the next few seconds, and we can do this in the midst of quiet. It's okay. We need more quiet and silence in our lives anyway. But just extend your hands if you're able to, if you feel led to, and just receive the peace of God in your hearts and your minds. And I just want you right now to begin to align your thoughts right now with Jesus. Remember what it says, Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, that perfect absolute peace surrounds and watches over those whose imaginations are consumed by you because they trust confidently in you. So let's begin right now just to align our thoughts, center our thoughts back on Jesus. And as we leave this place this morning, Father, for those, I pray those in this room, those who are watching online, those who will watch this later, God, I pray right now you literally, God, would align, realign their thinking. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring healing, God, to thoughts that are unhealthy. Healing to thoughts that are not from you, God. That if there are those right now in this room, those watching that are struggling with their thinking, they're struggling with what to do, maybe they're struggling with some kind of um, you know, mental battle or, or mental disorder or mental you know, uh, struggle or, or, or fantasy or lust or whatever it might be, God, that they would just surrender that to you, that they would find some really safe, healthy brothers and sisters in Christ to share that with, and they would begin that journey of healing right now, God. So God, help us right now in this place, in this moment, come and heal our hearts, God. Come and heal our thinking today, Jesus, and our thoughts. And give us the greatest gift that we could ever receive. Your Son, Jesus. Eternal life, God. If there are those right now, if, if, if you're in this place right now and you're not sure about that, you're not sure where your heart and your soul is, where it's settled, and you need Jesus in your life, I pray that right now you would embrace the Father, that you would invite Him in your heart, that you would acknowledge and recognize His death on the cross, His sacrifice for you, and that you actually can spend eternity with Him one day. And all it is is saying this, Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I acknowledge and realize and see the fact that you died 2,000 years ago. You gave, Father, you gave your very best. You gave your very best. You didn't withhold anything from us. I invite you into my heart right now, Father. It's as easy as that. And then the journey begins. <laughs> so Jesus, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for every single son and daughter here, every smile, like I heard it said earlier. Every, I could see every smile through every mask, God, and I just thank you that you've given us that vision. <laughs> 
You've given us that vision that we can see the joy that permeates even through a mask. Because it, it starts in the soul. Because that's where it starts. So Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Really quickly, we just wanted to say thank you for listening to Pure Gold. Uh, we hear a lot of feedback regarding the podcast about how many people are helped from the content that we share, and we're so excited that we get to do that. And we want to, again, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for visiting Purity for Life and the website. We hope that all the content made available there has been a blessing for you. But we want to ask you for your support. We want to ask you uh, to consider giving to Purity for Life and the Pure Gold podcast. And there's an incredibly easy way that you can do that. If you go on to anchor.fm slash purity for life slash support. Again, that's anchor.fm slash purity for life slash support. There's three easy ways, three different tiers that you can give financially to the podcast. Um, you can either do a one month contribution if you'd like, or you can certainly do um, a monthly contribution. And again, there's three different tiers that you can pick from. Any and all contributions are certainly appreciated. Um, there is a certain level of, of commitment and work that goes into creating this content and this podcast, and we love to do it. Uh, we love to share it with you, but it definitely uh, takes uh, takes time and effort to put in, and sometimes that's time uh, you know time away from family and time on the road. And so uh, we just we really need your support, and we'd really appreciate any kind of support you could give. Again, it's Anchor.fm slash purity for life slash support for more information there where you can give to the podcast. And I hope you certainly will. We would love to continue putting out content to help you on your journey uh, towards sexual freedom and sexual integrity. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Pure Gold, our weekly podcast from Purity for Life. Don't forget to visit our website for additional content, including our entire podcast archive, articles, links, and videos to help encourage you on your journey for sexual purity. All this and more can be found at pflhome.com.